0: Today on The Topping Show, Vivek on Delaware, Judge tearing up Elon's $56 billion payday. Elon Musk tweets Democrats vote against a bill deporting illegal immigrants who get a DUI. Budweiser win prize tweet is mostly fake responses. Walmart to open more stores and remodel many of their old stores. Ferrari's 2023 sales are in and they are red Ferrari hot. And Daisy is shutting down Oakland location after 54 years. All of that much more on The Topping Show. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode Topping Show is proudly sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special personality in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. I say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's the joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of February, so click that button and greatly, greatly appreciate it. Now, going over to the business product podcast, you have Walmart to open more stores and remodel other stores, as everyone tells me retail is dead. Now, specifically, Walmart wants to remodel stores in nearly every state and open 150 new stores over the next course of the next five years. Now, this comes to us thanks to a writer over at USA Today by the name of Emily DeLetter. and they they note that Walmart announced plans to remodel hundreds of stores of existing existing locations. Now, let's see here. In a blog post last Wednesday, John Ferner, the president and CEO of Walmart US, said the company is planning, planning, to plan or build to convert more than 150 stores in the next five years. Starting with opening two new stores this spring, both will be the smaller format neighborhood markets, and will open up in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida, and Atlanta, Georgia. They also know that Walmart is finalizing construction plans in 12 new project on 12 new projects to start this year. And they want to remodel 650 stores across 47 states and Puerto Rico over the next 12 months. So it'll be interesting to see. Everyone keeps saying retail is dead, but count the see and notice Walmart's increasing their stake in brick and mortar. Now, granted, they are also building out their e-commerce and their delivery capabilities. And it could be said that could be gonna help bolster that side of the business as well. Now it's interesting they're opening up a neighborhood Walmart or neighborhood marts, which I've went there once or twice in my life and was sorely disappointed. It was basically a fraction of the of the actual quantity and options of products, and yet it was also absorbently more expensive. Perhaps to offset the increased cost per square foot because they don't have much stuff to sell? I'm not sure why, but I just remember it was such a viscerally annoying, disgusting experience. I subsequently have never gone back to a neighborhood Walmart and can't think of any justification or reason to the only possible explanation I would suppose and again what sounds like one is it on a beachfront or maybe it's a beach city is if you're so constrained with land and it's a very popular populous spot where it'd be prohibitive to buy one of those ginormous plots of land to put a traditional super Walmart or the, I guess they just call them regular WalMarts these days so it'll be interesting to see as Walmart continues to dominate the retail industry how much will this help propel them keep Crushing the competition, but it is interesting. Everyone says retail is dead. No, it's simply evolving. You have different types of stores opening, and some stores are doubling down and increasing their investment in the brick and mortar. But at the end of the day, we'll see how much more successful they will become. Other interesting businesses: you have Ferrari. Two thousand twenty-three sales are in, and they are Ferrari red hot. Though it's still disappointing on manual transmission for any of their vehicles these days, but nevertheless. Now, this comes with us thanks to Michael Wayland over at CNBC News. And they know that Ferrari finished a record year by topping Wall Street's estimates. I was going to say, he has a good vernacular. I appreciate that. Now, it looks like, in terms of the actual numbers, Ferrari's revenue last year increased 17% to 5.76 billion euros, which, who knows what that is. Realistically, now, it's 6.46 billion U.S. dollars. That includes a 11% increase in Q4. Now, they know that the automaker reported a net profit of 1.62 billion euros. Translate that again to real money. 1.36 billion dollars. Though, it is fiat U.S. currency, so maybe we should do something like Bitcoin or gold. But nevertheless. Now, it looks like their fourth quarter sales did come in at 317.9 million American dollars. Which is astronomically impressive. And in terms of the kind of long-term stock, a lot of people, there was a lot of debate on investing in Ferrari when that first popped out. And of course, they are just off like a skyrocket. I remember when they first IPO'd years ago, it's like, what was it? 30, 40 bucks? It wasn't, it wasn't too outrageous, I thought. And uh, it's, it, for me, it's expensive. But it IPO'd in 2015 at $56.38 per share. And in the So since their IPO, their stock has gone up 590.76%. It's currently trading at $389.45 per share. Past five year trend, it's up 213%. Past year trend is nearly doubled at 46.7%. Year to date, granted it's only been a few weeks or a little over a month, 1532 percent increase. Past six months trend, it's up 24.2%. One month up. Fifteen percent last week went up fifteen, so pretty darn impressive. And the market cap is seventy-three point three four billion dollars. Of course, the disappointing part, unlike many automotive companies, they do not pay dividends. So there's no reward for actually, you know, holding the stock, like you have with traditional automotive companies like Ford and General Motors, where they'll pay you a quarterly, I think it's a quarterly or a yearly dividend to kind of reward you and, you know, for not selling your stock. So they don't have any of those dividends over at Ferrari, but astronomical. Success to say the least, they they now have two four thousand nine hundred and fifty one employees. And it'll be interesting to see. Let's see, going back to a couple more of the data points here earnings per share came in at one dollar and sixty. Let's see here, one dollar sixty two cent or oh, sixty two euros per share. Ferrari also noted that they were up, their shipments were up three percent last year at thirteen thousand six hundred and sixty three vehicles in 2023 including 3,245 units that were shipped during the fourth quarter. As a traditional uh, comment, the CEO of Ferrari, Bendigo Vinga, or Vinga, said, quote, we now have a very important year ahead of us in the execution of our business plan, which continues on schedule along this carefully planned path, unquote. He continued, I was gonna say, for some reason that just doesn't, sounds awkward as hell, but nevertheless, he did say that. He continued saying, quote, The record 2023 results, the ambitions that we have on 2024, together with the exceptional visibility on our our order book, allow us to look at the high end of 2026 targets with stronger confidence, unquote. Let's see here. So again, it's one of those things where I was actually, with all the the economic uncertainty, a lot of small business owners pulling back on their spend, a lot of people having layoffs, I didn't expect 2023 to be so phenomenal for them when I mean a large portion of people who buy Ferraris are entrepreneurs, they own small businesses, they're, they're, it's kind of like a treat when you reach a certain business goal or mark. It's one of those things where I thought they, I would, if anything, I thought they would decrease the number of sales. Now granted, this is it's a global economy, a lot of people are purchasing these vehicles, they are working in different industries, different countries, they are a lot of contributing factors that led to them increasing their sales so impressively. Though, I would also say it's not as impressive as it could be. If they really wanted to dramatically make easy money for Ferrari, make a stick shift. I mean, Doug Demiro said this famously in one of his YouTube videos where he said, he did a a daily analysis looking at older Ferraris. Prior when they offered three pedals and it was a true driving experience, I would argue. You look at those vehicles back in the day and you compare the years where you have both the automatic transmission as well as the manual transmission. The ones with the stick shifts or the manual transmission they sell for two to three times to four times more than the one that has automatic transmission. So, people are willing to pay a premium for a Ferrari with a stick shift. And the engineering to do that is not rocket science. Quite the end, I mean, they've been doing stick shifts since their inception. So, if they can just take the current vehicles that they make, add a third pedal, make it, even if it's just a quantity of 20 to 300 units, charge a couple million a pop, they'll sell easy. And yet, they're still not doing it, thereby giving that crown to Porsche, being the only premium sports car company with a stick shift. I mean, don't get me wrong, a Mustang GT is awesome and piece of American muscle, and I would debate they won the pony war. And they do have three pedals and manual transmission, as all cars should have by default anyway. But that's not in the same echelon as a Porsche. And I'm not saying that as a diss. I'm just saying it's a different product category. Even though you do have some extremely phenomenally engineered high-end Mustangs, you know the Dark Horse is very impressive. And they're actually getting to those Porsche price points. I mean, there are a couple of Mustangs that are near $300,000, I think. But it's, I think it's just a different product category. And Porsche is a little bit more premium, of course, than uh, Ford. So I can't think of a single premium, luxury, high-end automobile company that makes six stick shift. I believe Aston Martin acquiesced, I believe it was 2022 or 2023 with their stick shifts. They make them, a, if they still make them at all, it's such a small quantity. I mean, why not? I mean, Ferrari used to... Veminously compete with Lamborghini. You also have the whole I mean, they, It just uh, astonishes me they don't make a stick shift when they could do it with such relatively little effort input And yet they, the output would be they would pay them in dividends they'd pay them. They make their money back in spades and Granted, I know not everyone wants automatic or manual transmission is a smaller sample size of people who want the product But those people are so passionate about it. They are willing to pay more for that experience and considering again, their biggest competitor used to be Lamborghini, Maserati. They don't have that offering anymore. Very few of these really, really high-end cars have that option. So it's still, even though again, Ferrari's making money, they're printing money seemingly these days, selling out their vehicles. I mean, I just think they're still leaving money on the table. So it'll be interesting to see. They, I mean, their order, they have a waitlist to make their, to get their vehicles manufactured. They have to, you know, there's a whole culture of Ferrari to get in their club. And like they said in the article they got their orders placed out for years and presumably they also have the deposits put down so again they're not gonna be hurting anytime soon. I'm just wondering will they ever get that extra money on the table and actually go out there and make the third pedal I mean I would love it personal granted it's way on my price range personally but I'd still smile a little bit and I would feel make me I'd be, I know the day would be a little bit brighter that day just to see the news of Ferrari. Going back to that heritage and the true driving experience, but that's just me. Let me know in the comments. Do you, if you had won the lottery, had unlimited budget, and you had to get a Ferrari, would you rather have a stick shift with three pedals, a manual transmission, or would you rather get the automatic transmission with the little
1: little
0: paddle shifters? As always, be fast in here. What you have to say. Now, going over to the culture part of the podcast, you have Budweiser. Well, wins prize, but mainly fake responses to their tweets. Are they buying responses? Has it gotten that bad? Now, again, this is going to specifically Budweiser's X Twitter profile and they say, quote, to celebrate our old school delivery commercial, we're delivering prizes every day from now until game day. Turn on your notifications so you don't miss your chance to win daily deliveries straight from our Super Bowl commercial. Unquote, hashtag delivering since 1876, unquote. And they have a picture of, actually they have the Budweiser Clydesdales and it says it is a winter scene which mean it says, you know, daily deliveries, win prizes every day. And it's not too bad. So within a day, we got about eight to 10,000 views and 380 likes. That's more likes than, I think, they've gotten all year, com- well, not all year combined, but darn near close. So did pretty good on its face value. And in terms of marketing, let's see, turn on your notifications. Eh. Notification, eh, I guess it's not a terrible call to action. You're actually wanting the prospective client to get notifications from your company on social media. I still think it's not as good in terms of, you know, getting a picture of you with a product if you want to win it. It'll be interesting to see how they execute that part of the marketing campaign. But the fact that you know Shane Gillis riding one of the horses drinking a beer, thats eh, just pathetic. They're paying Shane Gillis to be their new brand ambassador. He's an exceptionally brilliant stand-up comedian, and yet... This is just a traditional commercial it would be a thousand times more hilarious if you had shane just sitting on one of those horses drinking a bud light or a budweiser like to me that to me that make me smile this this just seems like the classic cliche commercial which again they've been trying that for almost a year now where you're just using the old material and it's not pushing the needle for the sales again with marketing you want either be building a brand or building building sales there has to be some goal And with this one, they're telling you about, you know, free stuff. So maybe you could win it, which presumably, or interestingly enough, is your example of how you could be a winner and a loser at the same time, which usually you have to deal with metaphors for that kind of stuff. I mean, what would you do if you won a case of Bud Light or Budweiser? I mean, I can't but think. I mean, my favorite example or one that I came came up with on the show last year was if I won a case of Bud Light, if I were to become a hot air balloonist, you could use it as ballast. So instead of hanging sandbags around the little cage that you fly up in or wicker basket use cases of bud light and if you want to go higher you cut you know t- cut the little rope that connects the case of bud light to the little wicker basket and the bud light would fall to the ground so you'd weigh less and you fly higher now there's a safety hazard because of course that bud light case could hit someone in the head which could and actually probably would actually cause a little le- little bit less damage than if they were to actually drink the product granted if they were to hit hitting very hard in the head it could burst open and some product could in- inadvertently get onto the lips which and or tongue which would be obviously abhorrent and i wouldn't wouldn't wish that on my worst enemies but I mean, what would i mean it's 2024 what would you do if you want a case of Bud, Budweiser or Bud Light i mean obviously you're not going to drink it there's very little alcohol in it and the taste is well truth be told i don't think i've had it since college now that i think about it taste is not great i'll just say that much so what type of business application or Home application could you do to use? I suppose very similar to using salts, like some cultures use, they put a salt ring around the house to ward off demons. You could, presumably, spill the bottles of Bud Light all around the perimeter of your home to ward off visitors. Because I mean, if you had annoying, you know, annoying family members or you know neighbors you want to talk to, that would act as a barrier because everyone with a mock of nostril or throat or tongue, you know, mechanisms and abilities, they'd be so visually disgusted if they would come close to your home and they would smell that you know, remnants of light on the ground, they, they turn around and go away. Now, there might be a disclaimer here because one friend of yours or family member might be so concerned that why is it sitting here there? They might break into the house and ask, are you okay? Which would be a valid question to ask. But nevertheless, let's dive in the comments and see, what do the other people think? Or in this case, not so much think. Now, I say that because I did a little bit of free research and most of these people, I don't know if they're fake, but I sus- kind of suspect many of them are. Because, again, well, interestingly enough, Bud Light is, well, Budweiser is, what's well, a nice way of saying, half-assing. They're doing half of it right. So, the first many responses they are taking the time to respond to. However, they're actually, they don't like the person who responds to it. Which, granted, in full transparency, I didn't like these people either when I read their comments. So, the first one comes from Granny, who, I mean, A-plus remarking, the picture is of what looks to be an elderly lady. And she says, notifications are always on which I don't believe that, but nevertheless, that's what she claims. Budweiser responded saying, this Bud's for you. And someone liked the Bud Light response, or Budweiser response, so presumably it was her, but they didn't like Grandma, which, how heartless is that? You didn't even like Grandma, Budweiser? You couldn't take one one one-thousandth of a second to like that? Mr. or Mrs. or Mr. or Mrs. Marketing Representative at Budweiser? Really? I mean, my fans are the best. They always take at least one one one-thousandth of a second to like this video. At least... I hope so. It'd be really awkward if this video got zero likes. I mean statistically speaking I'll get at least one. Maybe two, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Don't let me down, folks. But nevertheless, let's look at the profile of grandma. Joined 2013, 336 followers. So it's not like it's a jump, it's not like it's an overnight created account. She says, I'm married, great grandmother, and I love entering sweepstakes. That that might be the most accurate description I've ever heard. Because she's saying right there, I love entering sweepstakes. And maybe this is her hobby. And I look at everything she's tweeted or retweeted. She wants to win gift cards to, what is it, Target? I, whoever. I've never heard of anyone wanting that, but nevertheless, that's a thing. She wants she wants to win a Rockstar Energy Fridge. Grandma wants to win that? Really? Grandma's asking for a stroke. That's probably one of the most unhealthy things you could possibly consume, especially when you're older in your age. She wants to win Jason Aldean tickets, which, yeah, those are a thing. Wants to win Disney, what's this, swag, like a cup? Amazon gift cards. The hashtag, the BS hashtag millions, where if you repost, it's like a Ponzi scheme. If you repost it, you could win a $100 gift card, which, no, you won't. So I would say that's a BS account. ATL Braves fan says, notification on. Bud Light did respond. They said, stay tuned. They didn't like her response. I didn't either. Going to her profile. She joined two thousand thirteen. She has two thousand five hundred followers, and she what does she do? The first thing on her profile, the thing she wants you to know about the most, that she pinned strategically, is a chance to win some gift card. The other thing is hashtag millions, another gift card scam. Another thing where she could win a trip to Mexico. So it's all it's all freebies, and again, these are unverified accounts as well. They don't have blue checkmark. They're not the cool blue checkmark club. Like me, very exclusive. Only a couple people can say they have that. Ha! Huh, it's a joke. You just need a credit card and ID. Detroit. Let's go to this profile. They said on they, Bud Light. Or sorry, Budweiser did respond. They said that's the spirit. They didn't like his response though. No one did actually. Going to do Mr. Detroit's profile. He has send drinks to his I don't know handle. He has joined 2020. Has 1,400 followers. And it's the same crap. Some of these promos are exactly the same. It's the same hashtag millions, it's the same, what is it, sports ball show that gives a, wait a gift card every episode. That's scrolling through is just more, more free crap. Sasa not someone who actually likes, well granted how many people really like Budweiser, but no. Going to another one comes from Jennifer, another unverified profile. And she said, quote, I had notifications on all year. Budweiser did respond saying, now that's dedication. Which, no, that absolutely isn't. It doesn't take any dedication. How does it take any dedication to click a button saying turn on notifications? That that takes takes no dedication. That takes a fraction of a second. And interestingly enough, they did not like her response. And she, she didn't actually respond. She didn't like their response. The other two people did. Going to Jennifer's profile really quick here. She is a what is this? A, her profile name is G Scout Mom. Two hundred thirty-nine followers. Joined in two thousand eleven, and she likes free crap. She wants a chance to win free pairs of overalls with some sports balls teams on it. I can't think of a more useless product. She also has a chance to win. What is this? Avocados from Mexico. Which they're all they all have this. She wants to win a free mattress, donuts, the same BS. What is this? Chuck Pagino NFL? Someone by the name of Pat McAfee, she reposted him because they have $25, $500 winners. Repost this, and the, the requirements are repost this video, say something nice, but the easy, yeah, it's all. Again, it's all gift cards and junk. And she wants to win Oreos? Okay. Okay, we'll do one more of these before we go down a little bit more. Allison maxed and vaxed. She said notifications on and Budweiser said you won't be disappointed. I think you will, but that's what they said. She has 132 followers and she wants to win the hashtag millions. It's all people who want free crap. These aren't real like Budweiser enthusiasts. Not that there's more than maybe three of those out there, but the you know, majority of these profiles just keep reposting for the same gift card scams. The same exact ones. So I can't but think, how does this help the company out? It's, again, all these are unverified p- accounts. So I'm skeptical. I don't know if they're taken over by bots or I, it just doesn't seem to be doing anything through a brand or their sales because they're not complete. I mean, at least a couple weeks ago, they tried something where you had to take a picture of you with the product, which is a great way to troll people because they're embarrassing themselves. But I mean, that at least had a call to action where you had to have the product buy you. So either in the store, you either bought it or you're in the store, which some people who are cheeky and that's kind of clever, just go to the store and get a picture for free you know, to buy the swill. Although you would then win it and have it shipped to you, heaven forbid. So at least there's a call to action that makes sense. I mean, scrolling through all these profiles, and I think, again, I'm going to go to the very bottom just to double check. Because I think they're all unverified except for, let's see let's let's double check and in, i don't know if they're starting to hide comments or why they're not more they are negative so okay i went to all the way down to the very bottom let's go to the very top get the actual quantified numbers there are 129 responses and of the 129 responses two were from verified profiles now full transparency one was myself i didn't, which i simply said Nearly all the responses are from unverified unfair, unfairified accounts who only retweet for free stuff. Interesting. Now, granted, no one liked my response. Pathetically enough. But, nevertheless, that was one. The other response comes from Brandon, and he says, Amazing, love it. I'm suspicious. Let's go to his profile really quick. Brandon says, I love tech and reviewing stuff. The official account. Joined in 2008. An OG ex-Twitter user has 6,000 followers, and he... Ooh, he is, it's the same stupid profile. He, he's reposting for someone called Pat McAfee. Or McAfee? It's not the software guy. He's unfortunately he's passed, past. But it's that sports show where they say five, 10 $500 winners. So even he is reposting for that show? What is this, some video game stuff you could win? A video game show? I'm trying to see if he has any original thoughts. A chance to win sports ball pictures? Let's see, another gift card giveaway. So again, so only response from someone who doesn't actually want free crap was myself. Now granted, no one liked that, my response, but nevertheless, it exists, it's out there. So yeah, even, oh yeah, Brandon wants a free Razor laptop or yeah, it's just, so again, is this compelling marketing? Is this building the brand? Is this increasing their sales? Now it is interesting, culturally speaking, there's not a lot of negative responses. Usually, the ratio is about 50%, eh, maybe 60% negative responses for Bud Light, for Bud Weiser, even that specific Twitter profile. I'd say the negative responses are usually, I want say 25 to 35%. They're still consistently there. Now, interestingly enough, they weren't, they really weren't present on this one. So, I don't know if that means there's a shift where, culturally speaking, people are starting to boycott it less. I mean, last week, they, had, they hired Shane Gillis as a brand ambassador. I'm pretty skeptical that there's a big cultural shift around this specific Bud Light boycott or topic. I kind of just think, I don't know, it's interesting. Why is there so much less engagement from negative comments? Is it because the Clydesdale horse is just so iconic, people love it that much? Is it because it's just, it's not talking about really the other brands Bud Light, which is the one that's getting the biggest hit from the Bud Light boycott. The sales for that week over week are down about thirty percent, Budweiser is around twelve to ten percent. Then Michel Waltra is down around three to five percent. Of the forty plus beers in the Anheuser Bush InBev portfolio, those are the top three that have been hit by the boycott thus far. So it's very interesting and I mean, maybe it's a shift, but I don't know. I just think maybe this maybe this tweet got away. Let me know in the comments if maybe you think differently. As always, it'd be fascinated here, what you have to say. Now going over to the political bar podcast you have vivek on the delaware cart judge tearing up elon musk's 56 billion dollar contract that both the shareholders the board directors and he had agreed upon all those years ago now this went viral last week as again elon the shareholders the board directors they all agreed if elon hit certain goals for tesla they would have that big payout one of the shareholders decided to sue him saying that's not fair everything is too much even though elon musk worked like hell to achieve those goals and they got the benefit of it now the judge is saying oh yeah you don't you don't deserve to get paid basically you have to work for free really it, and again you, you know me i if i had all the money in the world i would still probably i would only buy a tesla cybertruck so i could do an engine swap so i can get a stick shift because i like i think design is kind of tongue and cheeky but you know me i am a i love internal combustion engines i love having three pedals manual transmission and that's that's my bread butter. i love that experience i wouldn't have it any other way But even I, from a business perspective, admire Elon like hell for building Tesla and being one of the biggest outliers in business history. I mean, the only successful American automotive startup company since Chrysler was Tesla. Every other one has failed, and Rivian is barely hanging in there these days. I mean, their stock has taken a hit, and they've had to take out a couple billion dollars to have more cash reserves, as those have depleted more and more. So I have nothing but admiration when it comes to Elon's business achievements, and the judge is saying, oh yeah, we don't like it which is, again, a big warning sign for the business community. Do not incorporate your company in the state of Delaware, which for decades has been the business norm. It seems like every tech company, most companies have their business incorporated there, but then they have a headquarters somewhere else, which there's a lot of tax and legal litigation reasons why they have traditionally put it in Delaware. I think that trend is going to be moving away, however, because of this situation. Now, Vivek said, quote, and he has also a video to accompany it, he says before the video, quote, the Delaware Chancery Court's decision to strike down Tesla's deal with Elon is a threat to the future of capitalism. Courts, courts shouldn't second guess the business judgments of boards to maximize shareholder value. Yeah, that's exactly what the Tesla board did here successfully. And without further ado, go ahead and play that really quick.
1: Yesterday, the Delaware Chancery Court struck down Tesla's board's compensation package. For elon musk and that's a pretty messed up decision it actually matters a lot for the future of capitalism and here's why normally the rule that's applied in corporate law including by delaware corporate law is one of the business judgment rule which is to say that courts won't second guess the business judgments made by a board of directors if that board of directors is truly exercising an independent business judgment And that makes sense because otherwise no board is going to actually be able to take business decisions into account business decisions are calculated risks that are taken on behalf of shareholders and you have to be able to apply a business risk-taking mindset and if you're afraid of getting sued after the fact nobody's ever going to serve on a corporate board and no corporate board is ever going to take a calculated risk which is what you need in order for a business to succeed well in this case the judgment made by the tesla board i think actually was quite reasonable and you don't have to take it from me you can take it from the results they said that tesla was a 60 billion dollar company and they wanted to figure out how to get it to be a 600 billion dollar company and they made the decision that Elon Musk, the guy who got it to be a $60 billion company, was gonna be a vital part of making a 600 plus billion dollar company. So they put in place a compensation package. where They told Elon, <clears throat> we're not gonna pay you cash. You don't get any cash compensation. And you don't even get normal corporate stock options like CEOs do. You get a separate class of stock options that says you only fully get paid the full amount we're gonna pay you if the company makes it to $600 billion in value very few companies in human history ever get there ever have gotten there but they said that's what we're going to do for you elon and if you get there you get paid a ridiculously high amount of money 50 plus billion dollars but it's not ridiculous because you achieved a ridiculous outcome to make that happen for your shareholders lo and behold that's exactly what happened very few 60 billion dollar companies ever become 600 billion dollar companies yet tesla was one of them and the board of tesla made the decision they wanted elon focused on doing that because Elon could do anything else he wanted, start the next $60 billion company if he wanted, and keeping a portion of his attention on Tesla was worth it. That's what the board decided. Now, you might imagine that if they awarded that compensation package and the stock tanked, people might sue the company board in that scenario. But here's something weird happened. The company actually became a $600 billion company. The shareholders who made money along the way still said that, yeah, but Elon Musk still made too much money in the process. And then you have a bureaucrat acting as a judge judge, in air quotes here in the Delaware Chancery Court, that then second guesses that judgment. I'd say tell that judge to go start a $60 billion and then a $600 billion company and offer a better lesson to this board on how it's done. But until then, he needs to respect the norms of corporate law, including the business judgment rule, which he failed to here. And so I'm hopeful that the Delaware Supreme Court overturns this. Not for Elon's sake. Elon's going to be fine either way, but for the sake of capitalism and for the sake of future boards that are then able to at least make the right decision instead of behaving like a bunch of government bureaucrats which is what this decision by the delaware chancery court invites them to do that's really what's at stake it's about the future of capitalism and one more step on the assault of excellence in america is what you saw from this bureaucrat wearing the garb of a so-called judge
0: so Vivek is 110 percent correct this will have a terrible detrimental ripple effect on the business community how businesses operate how they structure themselves and it's a, again, it's one of those things where the shareholders agreed to this. And again, a lot of people complain CEOs make too much money, buy some shares, vote differently. Quite literally. This happened before successfully. I remember, I forget the name of the gentleman, but the gentleman is a CEO of Stellantis, which owns Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, as well as a myriad of like other companies, including Maserati, Alfa Romeo, over in uh, Italy and across Europe. There was a year, I believe it was last year, where shareholders said, we think your compensation is too high. So they voted down his compensated package and they altered it differently. CEO of general lawyers, Mary Barra, she got a raise. She keeps getting raised because the shareholders say, okay, we like you. We agree with the direction and you're taking the company. Same with all these companies, really. And these, as it sits right now, with this ruling, Elon basically worked for free. He achieved the impossible and got paid nothing for it. And they're arguing, well, oh yeah, well his shares that he currently owns, those increase in value, well, so the shares of the people that all got that benefit for free. So why shouldn't he be paid for the work he did for literally achieving what was the highly improbable and many people would argue the impossible, but perhaps I'm alone in this assessment or maybe an outlier. Let's have the comments and find out. See here, scrolling down here, you got Paul Zupas saying, quote, weaponized government interfering in a private business is exactly why we don't want a central digital bank currency. The Delaware court clearly attacked Elon Musk financially for political reasons. We can't give government the power to do that. That's why CBDC is dangerous. Unquote, they got 584 likes. Elon Musk himself replied saying, exactly, unquote. And he got 5.8 thousand likes. A music, which, I mean, A plus profile in terms of, you know, they're about music, but it is interesting they're about politics as well. They say, quote, I agree. We all know who the real enemy of in the free world it is a picture of Ronald Reagan, him saying government is the enemy is not the solution to our problem. Government is a problem, unquote. They got 228 likes. Dave Banner, nemesis of Neocon, said, quote, the state never gives us anything and only takes from us, unquote. They got 980 likes. Scrolling down here, you got AMAC saying, quote, courts are increasingly becoming an extension of the radical leftist agenda, bringing back collective justices, unquote, getting 314 likes. Bulldogs for Vivek said, quote, today is January 31st, and Vivek Aronsai is will be the best vice president in history, alongside President Donald J. Trump, unquote, getting 276 likes. FloridaMan.eth says, quote, it's clear the establishment does not want Elon or Tesla to succeed. Ironic, Elon is spearheading green energy. Why do they hate him so much, unquote, getting 268 likes. Well, I suspect because he speaks his own mind and he's not in favor of having a one government agenda across the globe. Red Wave Press said, "Quote: The government has no right to interfere in a person's business. This is government overreach. Follow if you agree." Unquote. Ashley St. Clair said, "Quote: Bar was right about Delaware." Unquote. Getting three hundred and eighty likes. Let's see if there's any outliers here. Usually, Luke Sal- uh, was it? Luke Salisky. There's a couple of people I follow who are more middle and more. Well, he's more much more left. Who usually chime in on these types of situations to give us kind of more contrarian statements and you know more data. Interesting enough, I don't see his feedback on this one. The Deep State says, well, their profile, quite literally, is Deep State. They say, quote, some judge w- with probably no business experience is telling Elon he didn't do enough to earn a certain amount of money. Bizarre world, I'm 93 likes. JD Sharp said, quote, is also what the t-shirt James did to, sh- to Trump. It's authoritarianism, unquote. And that got 88 likes. Ryan Wal- Walieski says, quote, government should stay out of business. I hope they reincorporate tex- Tesla in Texas, unquote. Okay, 98 likes. And it'll be interesting to see what type of legal tax and business applica- mechanisms and applications and fallouts and all the... What what the result be to do that from a legal perspective? What kind of initial cost might that incur? That'd be an interesting topic. Now granted, their headquarters is already here, so they already presumably are paying the Texas franchise fee, which is basically a tax just to operate a business in Texas once you get into a certain threshold of revenue that your company has to pay into every year. Going down here. Dan yeah, Turner says, quote, thank you, Vivek, for spreading wisdom and enlightenment on every subject you touch. i quoting 48 likes. Let's see here. So, again, scrolling through here more and more. Do one, one more. DV says, quote, I thought the whole point of incorporating in Delaware is because their courts uphold the business judgment rule and other similar protections, unquote. getting 57 likes and... Historically speaking, yes, that is why one of the reasons why so many businesses had incorporated in the Delaware area. So interesting enough, overwhelming positive responses. And I didn't, again, I scrolled for quite a bit. There are a lot of comments here and couldn't see any contrarian statements. Granted, it's a very different sample size. I mean, most people who follow the back already agree with him, presumably. But still, I would have thought there'd be a couple more contrarian statements. I mean, this is one of his most liked responses, and I think this is going to have big implications That business community on where they start to incorporate the companies throughout the years. But, as I always say, time shall tell. Other interesting political news, you have Elon Musk tweets Democrats vote against deporting illegals who get caught with a DUI charge. Now, I did a little bit, little bit of digging, because there's a lot of different vernaculars being thrown around with this particular subject. So I thought we'd read around the specific bill first for full context. And I read this both on Politico, Politico as well as Fox News. And again, the vernacular, some are saying migrants, other people are saying illegal aliens. Now, it looks like you know, they are people who are either, you know, they are here illegally. So some people use the term migrants as a blurry term because there are legal ways where people from who are citizens of Mexico come to the U.S. to work and then come back. That... There is a legal mechanism for doing that in some businesses and some people facilitate that. Now, in this particular instance, we're talking about people who are illegally in the United States. That is the specific context of this bill. And some Democrats did vote in favor of Republicans as well. The people who voted against the bill, they were 100% Democrats. Now, breaking it down, they note that, <clears throat> excuse me, again, this first comes to Fox News. They say 50, 59 Democrats vote with Republicans passing a bill. To deport illegal immigrants who com- who with committed DUI's or also known as driving under the influence now let me see here now it looks like the measure passed 274 to 115 with mainly GOP votes 150 Democrats voted against it representative Barry Moore who introduced the bill when asked for comment he said quote in the United States someone dies in a crash with an impaired driver every 45 minutes I lost two of my, my young newly led constituents to an illegal immigrant driving under the influence of alcohol, unquote. Let's see here. Now, the bill would make people who are charged with the DUI and are in the U.S. illegally automatically eligible for deportation and permanently inadmissible. Now, it looks like a couple of, a little bit of evidence here. They said last month an undocumented immigrant from El Salvador who had been deported four times was accused of killing a mother and son in a car crash that the police say involved alcohol. So that is a heartbreaking instance. And again, a good example of ineptitudes of the government where, again, he came back four times illegally. Which again, this isn't one of those instances where anyone is in well. There may, there may be one or two a-holes on the internet insinuating that all immigrants do this or all illegal immigrants do this. No, it's just an instance where they're committing two illegal acts. And yet the controversy is some of them basically want to let them off the hook. Let me see here. So, going to the actual tweet, again, let me see here. Oh, good old technology. When it works, it's great. It was really originally posted and then reposted by Elon. Now, originally it was posted by a profile on X twitter by the name of End Wokeness. And they say, quote, you know, breaking 150 Democrats vote against the bill to deport illegals caught while driving drunk, unquote, it is a screenshot accompanying it from C-SPAN. And that broke down all of the votes for the yeas and nays, which interestingly enough, I think that's the only time in modern society where you really hear the word yay, with the exception of perhaps Kanye West, which I believe, did he change his name to ye, no, yay? Fun fact of the day, or I guess observation. And that did go viral. It got 13.9 million views and 18,000 likes. Let's see here. In terms of the top feedback, Looking at, and wokeness, they said, quote, this includes Democrat House leader uh, Hakeem Jeffries. This is now a, this is not a far left fringe, unquote. And they got 4.5 thousand likes. Now, we do have Luke Zielinski. He did chime into this particular one. He's a, He's more of a leftist, politically speaking. And I, I follow him just to kind of gain some additional perspectives and make this a little bit more interesting. Because echo chambers can get boring after a while, of course. And more data, the better. Now, he responded saying, quote, textbook right-wing propaganda. Quote, the, others, the other is both the other and the government that is going, that is giving the other something you're not getting and taking from you, unquote. Which, talk about the most awkwardly grammatically structured sentence on the planet, even if it is grammatically correct. I, It's not a very persuasive statement because it's going to fly over many people's head to begin with. And he says it's right-wing propaganda. Again, look at the statistics. What was it? 59 Democrats did vote in favor of this bill with all the Republicans as well. So it's not like only Republicans voted for this. It's more of a bipartisan. Now, of course, 150 Democrats voted against it. That's still a huge number. And a majority of Democrats did vote against it. But I I personally don't think this is that much of it shouldn't be a left versus right issue. Because, again, you have people who are breaking the law currently. And then they're breaking another law. And they're saying they should not be deported or barred from... Re- it's one of those things where I wouldn't... fascinating to see, it, like, something I wouldn't think be political. But of course, it's become extremely political. Now, going down, you see a couple more comments. One comes from Paul Zuzupa. And he says, quote, Meanwhile, this is what some illegals think of America. And he did a video where it has nine migrants arrested in beating... Or, again, the vernacular, migrants are... There are people who are here illegally, but Fox News, interesting enough, in that particular video clip, is using the term migrant. And it was an instance where I believe it was the seven young gentlemen who were here illegally where they beat up police officers. They're actually released without bail. And then when they're walking out, they gave the camera two middle fingers, and it's going viral on the internet as well. And that response from Paul has got 2.6 thousand likes. Let's see here brano says, quote, are they living in a, in a different timeline than the rest of us? And is a picture of the gentleman in a jacket going like that. And then the picture or the text below the gentleman, when he's going like that, it says Democrats, and the top screen says deport illegal, dangerous illegals. He's like, no. And then when the juxtaposed deposed the picture says, imprison pro-life Americans, he goes like that, yes. Which is quite concerning where many pro-life Americans have been jailed by simply silently protesting and praying in some instances, trying to get out information. But another topic for another time, Perhaps. Going down to do a couple more comments here. Harrison Crank said, quote, Illegalists should be deported when caught in the U.S. illegally, unquote. they got 5,000 likes, actually. It's about to say responses. Almost a little messed up there. 1776 said, quote, Democrats want to increase the voting numbers by 22 million, aiming for a permanent electoral advantage and power. Their goal is not to improve the country to serve or serve labor needs, but to ensure Democrats hold power indefinitely, unquote. They got 839 likes, which... Again, the US Census does not take into account your legality to be in the United States. So many of these states are increasing the representation on, in Washington D.C. because of their total population, regardless of if people are here or not. That was something where, I thought that was a rumor, I thought that's a myth as, as a youth, and, but I did some research and yeah, that, that actually is a thing. So there is an incentive for many states to accept these people illegally because it's gonna increase their representation. Let's see here. A couple more here. Mostly peaceful memes, though I don't say F minus response, but they responded in text only. So we'll say allegedly peaceful meme, mostly peaceful memes profile. They say, quote, what if we deported them because they're illegal, unquote, getting 457 likes. Let's see here. Evan Kilbore says, quote, every single illegal immigrant should be deported. I don't care if they've committed a crime or not, unquote. Deport them all. I got 700 likes, but this person also forgot. They literally used the word illegal in the sentence they formed, but that is a, it is a crime. But nevertheless, they still got 700 likes. Being Libertarian says, quote, this isn't, they aren't dumb, this is the plan, unquote, getting 125 likes. Let's see here. Do one or two more here. I'm actually trying to see, let's see, pull up Elon really quick to see if his, I accidentally had a long long response here. So where is his specific response? Okay, so Elon, his original response that got, again, he tweeted this, he he retweeted this rather from Endwokenist. He got 15.9 million views within a couple hours and got 139,000 likes, which is quite a bit. He simply said, retweeted it, the endwokeness, and he said, what the heck is going on? Question mark. And that went viral beyond all belief. Let's see here. Now, we'll do two more comments from this little thread here. And this co- first one comes from Paul Zuzupa. He said, quote, we have a compromised government where Democrats want to allow us as many as legal as possible so they can use them to cheat in elections. It's right in front of us and everyone can see it. Joe Biden needs to be tried for treason for intentionally doing all this. Unquote. Yeah, 3.4 thousand likes. Luke Zalyski chimes in. They're our political leftists. Or, well, you know, it's word for us. I just happen to follow him on X Twitter to gain more perspectives. And he said, quote, just a reminder, Elon is a right-wing media mogul with massive interest in various fields that require government oversight and regulation, who is openly and not so openly utilizing his giant personal social media state news platform to serve his own personal and political purposes, unquote. I got 525 likes, interestingly enough, while some might argue it has not even a mockum of intelligence, but Elon is a right-wing... If he is a right-wing media mogul, why does he allow Luke a platform in which to be on to express his thoughts and ideals? Twitter, or X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, is one of the few... I would actually argue the only social media platform where you do have people on the left and the right and in the middle, all at the same spot. Other platforms are notoriously censoring people, especially in the middle and on the right. I mean, you'll see a meme on Facebook it'll be gone within two seconds if it doesn't fit the agenda. And it makes it hard to actually like and follow and comment on those memes. But nevertheless, yeah, Luke's saying, oh yeah, he's using it to serve his own personal and political purposes. Which... Again, Elon was simply saying, What the heck is going on? That was all Elon said. What's going on? So he's just calling attention to the situation. And again, I would also argue the situation, giving the votes, it's not a fully right wing thing or a fully left wing thing. It got some bipartisan support. But nevertheless, Mr. Lukes thinks he is a right wing media mogul. And then he says, You know, to serve his own personal or political purposes. Well, it is his personal platform. So. I will see how this is helping his political purposes, but if it is, so. As the left famously said, build your own platform, Luke. And hilariously enough, or interestingly enough, Luke actually pays for X, twitter Blue, whatever you call it, premium packages these days. Truth be told, the marketing is a little precarious to say the least. They keep changing it, which makes it a little difficult to follow along. We'll do one or two more comments here. Clandestine simply said they're destroying America from within. It's intentional. They got 7.7 thousand 7, likes. Let's see here. A lot of memes on people busing or the migrants going to traditionally sanctuary cities where they actually, well, encouraged them to come to cities and all the cities are telling, hey, we can handle it. We have the resources and a lot of memes calling out the hypocrisy in that case. So here, Elon Musk parody said, quote, they don't care about the safety of our real systems. I quote, okay, 1.6 thousand likes. Do one more here. Text mex Trumpian, who nearly gets an A plus for marketing. She does have a red hat. However... The red hat says USA and not Tex Mex it's not the Trump hat. But she says she's a Trumpian. Nevertheless, this alleged Tex-Mex Trumpian said, quote, Democrats love illegals more than they do Americans, unquote. They got 977 likes. So as the might say, this whole topic went viral to say the least. And politically speaking, I think it'll be one of the biggest topics for the 2024 presidential election it is the immigration topic and what do you do with all people who are gotten here illegally? I mean the u.s historically has just granted asylum time 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 again and it hasn't really fixed that threat factor issue where again there's a huge not only just morally you have people who are illegally getting here while you have other people who are waiting in line that's not right and it's also a national security issue you could literally cross the border in the u.s it, it seems it seems to be the most easiest thing on the planet especially these days not only is there well not only is there no one to stop you really except texas and a couple of states who actually are putting some efforts in that you're actually actually rewarded for that illegal act of illegally entering. it. So I think this will be one of the biggest topics we see throughout the year. And it'll be interesting to see from a cultural political perspective, how much of a impact could Elon have on his input? How much the political conversation might change? I mean, if we do get the I don't think there will be debates, unfortunately, between presumably Trump, who has most of the Republican Party by his side right now, and most of the data supports that he will become the Republican nominee. But will there if there is, I don't think there will be a debate between Biden and Trump, will this be one of the biggest topics? and how do you fix this issue because people are unfortunately people are passing away, and people are having their lives literally taken from them with many of the coyotes and the cartels moving people in such massive volumes and in such inhumane conditions to achieve their goal of you know breaking the law and get people here. I mean it's not good, so it'll be interesting to see and let me know what your thoughts are and what might be a resolution or how this might end at the end of the day politically. As always, it be fascinating to hear what you have to say. Now going over to the business blunder of the day, you have Denny's restaurant shutting down in Oakland after 54 years. And we review the top comments as well. Now this comes to us thanks to a good old news outlet by the name of Daily Mail, who, I don't want to say A-plus for marketing, but that's yeah, A-plus marketing. I do believe they in fact have mail on the Daily. And it shouldn't be too surprised they're shutting it down in Oakland after 54 years because Oakland. Now they note again this from Harriet Alexander from DailyMail.com, and last week this article was published. And they said, quote "Denny's closes Oakland restaurant that's been open for 54 years because California City is now so dangerous. Mere weeks after the In-N-Out store shuttered their nearby location over soaring crime, and I believe In-N-Out is even longer than 50 years. Or again, they had this is the first time I believe they also had to shut down a restaurant." And I don't think it's a coincidence, it's also in Oakland. Now, they note that the only Denny's in Oakland served uh, their last meal. Denny's also follows Starbucks, Subway, and In-N-Out Burger as companies closing their doors in the area. Oakland is now so dangerous, says staff are given escorts to walk to the train station. And it's California, so you can't properly defend yourself. Unless you're a politician, of course. Rules for thee, but not for ye. Disgusting. Morally evacuated, to say the least. Now, going to statistics, they noted that robberies are up by 53% year-over-year. Burglary is up 50, or sorry, 37% year-over-year. Burglary is up 24%. Mortar vehicle theft is rising 45% to reach an all-time high record. Those who live and work in the city do not feel safe. Violent crimes are also spiked 21% in 12 months. Now, it looks like a worker nearby, Victor Quantielis, says, quote, Well, honestly, I think it's a good thing that given the fact that Oakland after dark, is a crazy spot, unquote. It's here. The campaign has begun to recall the city's mayor, Sean Thao, and district attorney, Palin Price, both progressive Democrats who have spoken repeatedly about their desire to tackle the inequities they say helps cause crime. Interesting. Uh, it, It appears as if they are failing epically because the crime is exponentially increasing. And you look at the geographic location of all these stores. I mean, they're also all within like a five-mile radius. They're really close to each other, and this city isn't getting you know eh, better anytime soon. Let's see here. So it is heartbreaking to see these people are gonna be out of work. Now, hopefully, the it is you know Denny's is a huge company. Hopefully, these people have the abilities to. Perhaps go to a different location and get a role at another one of their restaurant locations so hopefully they're able to find new jobs but i can't but wonder is the business blunder i mean is it them not having proper if you really wanted to have the business there profitable you would have to hire an absorbent amount of you need a lot more security you need a lot more surveillance you need a lot more resources in that regard but i can't but think business blunder just being there to begin with now not to be too cliche it's been over 54 years but They keep electing the same, the area and the community, the people, the businesses. They keep supporting the same actions, policies, and prescriptions that cause this situation gets worse and worse and worse. And perhaps we should say it's a, you know, maybe not business blunder but business genius that they're leaving. But it's just ridiculous. Now, let's go to the comments. There are a couple. Now, our, our texas says, quote, Oakland has higher crime rates, had higher crime rates in the 1980s and 1990s than now, which I don't know about that. The sharp says, quote, enjoy your woke paradise, unquote. Oakland, or sorry, Plate Guy says, quote, Oakland, you voted for this, now vote them out. Simon Sites says, quote, the the merchants simply want to survive epic failure of leadership, unquote. Let's see here. Cornerman said, quote, cracking down on auto burglaries. Oakland's PD response to a reported car burglary is to send the reporting party a form to fill out. Mager Fang Shui and D.A. Pamela Price will no doubt cancel his... This crime fighting strategy in the name of equity, unquote. And they got eleven upvotes. This is not America, so they quote, they're closing my local Rite aid because they got tired of being ripped off by organized rift raft. Soon they all have no stores left. Thank you, Democrats. You did this. They got 20 upvotes. Let's see here. The the one that commented that said Oakland, you voted for this, that did get twenty-two up votes. One of the most popular responses. Let's see, click that button to view all. No. Youst said, quote, Backpage story. Dane closes the restaurant. They got four likes. Perhaps, With all the data we currently have, the real business blunder is not leaving sooner. Because, again, they are not, they are by no means the first restaurant to do this. You have In-N-Out Burger. You have Rite Aid. You have Chevron. It looks like the gas station may shut down as well. Let's see here. Goose is cooked. Business, oh, yeah. It looks like two Chevrons actually closed down according to this infographic, as well as a shell. So I think the business blunder really is, not closing sooner. Now, keep in mind, a lot of these locations, especially in high crime rate areas, this has been quite a while since they have made a profit. Walmart was in one of the Chicago areas and they lost money for 17 years. Since they opened the store, the theft was that out of control. So they lost money every single year for 17 years. And they only just now, or I guess 2023, had not a business intelligence to shut it down. Because again, That's not sustainable long term. Even if you're a company like Walmart, it makes no sense. Especially not just the loss of money, it's the safety of your employees. So going back to this situation, I would say the business blunder is they should have left a lot sooner. But I was going to say, will Oakland come back? Probably not. I was going to say this, not leaving sooner, that is the business blunder of the day. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of February. So if you click that button, i greatly appreciate it. Also, if you leave me a thumbs up or a thumbs down or a comment, great way to give me some additional feedback, letting me know how I can make the show better and better. Lastly, don't forget to take time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your co-workers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone, just stay safe fight the good fight.